La da 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 da, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the football ramble. Harry Kane's being a naughty boy, and Callum Wilson's been spilling the beans. It's Tuesday, 3rd of August. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome, one and all, to your terrific Tuesday on the Football Ramble. How you doing, Petey baby? I'm all right. Um, <coughs> sorry. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's a good <laughs> start, wasn't it? Yeah, That's a good start. <laughs> Having to mute the mic so I can do a little coffee cough. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. <laughs> I'm absolutely riddled. Jim? Oh. Jim? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I am absolutely fine, yeah. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Well, uh, gentlemen, let's go straight to the news that Harry Kane um, is being is going to be fined by Tottenham Hotspur as he failed to report for training yesterday. This is divided opinion quite a bit. Yeah. This <laughs> controversy from Kane. We're not used to seeing this from from the uh, the golden boy of, of English football, Jim. Uh, there were suggestions from Rio Ferdinand that if it was, say, one Paul Pogba, it would be covered differently from the media and so on and so yep. forth. It might have a little mm-hmm. bit of a point there. Absolutely uh, right. What, what the hell do you make of all this? Well, I think that this is a symptom of Daniel Levy being such a sort of hard bargainer and being so difficult to kind of get around that yeah. I think Kane is probably thought, well, unfortunately, I might have to kind of try and force a move. That's certainly what it looks like, isn't it? Because mm. we all know that, you know, Levy tends to get what he wants. He Kane has, has stated or, or it's certainly been sort of released that he believes he has a gentleman's agreement. You can imagine Daniel Levy saying, well, either, you know, I didn't say that or like, well, our, our position has changed and you've signed a contract, whatever it is. Mm. Kane thought he'd be allowed to leave this summer and it looks like he's not been allowed to leave. So he's, I mean, Obviously, you know, you always have a choice in how you behave and 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 how you kind of go you that, conduct yourself in situations <laughs> like that. <laughs> and well, I always I think, make the bad choice, Marcus. Well, I think, I I think it feels like to me, Kane's probably looked at the situation and thought, if I don't do something extreme, he will hold me to this contract and I won't be able to mm. leave. And he really wants to leave, doesn't he? Clearly, you know, it's it is the right time for him as a player to move on. Probably a disaster mm. for the league if if. City can get him and or Grealish, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Do, I... do, you, do you not think it's just all about um, Harry Kane's long kind of uh, anti-love affair with um, August? Like, it, it, <laughs> I, the man <laughs> hates August so much. I'm not turning up. He's not even turning up physically anymore. <laughs> yeah. it, and, and the word uh, August comes from the Latin whatever that word is, I don't actually know, but I know it is connected to the word auspicious. So the man hates <laughs> success so much being a Spurs player that he just doesn't want to turn up in, in August. But I mean, fundamentally, on a serious side of things, like what is the point of a gentleman's agreement? Like there's, there was a yeah. word that I'm, I'm sure will come up to the fact that uh, Spurs apparently want Traore. Uh, he's apparently got one or is going to have one in his Wolves contract. It's not a release clause. It's a gentleman's re- agreement. How can you codify that in in a contract? Yeah. Oh, you can leave for this amount of money if we kind of feel it's uh, you know conducive to yeah. uh, the club having a good yeah. time and you having a good time. It's it's silly. They don't really exist. And uh, it, just just look at your contract, guys. Look, I mean, look at your contract. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a funny one because you, obviously, that like all these things, we have no idea what the little conversations that are being had behind the scenes and so on and so forth. But 
and we've yet to hear sort of firmly from 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 sort of either camp on this. But I, I mm. do sort of agree with. I think I think most people will agree with, say, Jamie Carragher's assessment on this when he was sort of tweeting saying that 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 he believes that this is this is just a bad thing for Harry Kane to do. You know, you've got to turn up, and it and it, it risks yeah. ruining his name at the club. And I, it's such a kind of. Unfortunately, you know, players have too much power these days. One could argue, although previously the clubs had too much power. You know, you never, you never get the, you never get the power dynamic spot on. There's no real sweet spot, <laughs> is there, when it comes to power dynamics? But I do worry that if Kane doesn't go, he then kind of goes back to the club, and the fans are a bit like, eh, "You really don't want to be here, but we love you." And uh, and yeah, it I'm sure a few goals I've, will uh, sort I of think, tighten yeah. it up a little bit. I think that would be forgotten quite quickly. But the point is, he wants out, doesn't he? So if this leads mm. to his departure, I mean, there's already um, a lot of people on. I know Twitter's not necessarily the best sort of gauge of, of of opinion, but there were a lot of very, very disappointed and some very angry Tottenham fans talking about how Christian Eriksen, like I'd said, he'd never play for another um, Premier League club and comparisons to to the behaviour there. But I think like Kane is basically over a barrel, isn't he? Because you know he, he's he, he's really in his peak years now he wants to he wants to move um but with 3 years on his contract it's a difficult one so i think they've they've basically they've just hit the big red button haven't they like quite early <laughs> they've gone for the nuclear option very quickly i think i i do you think this has more to do with what jack grealish is doing and how you know they they're not dissimilar in the parts of the field in which they inhabit. And you imagine that in Man City, they may very well find themselves in a place where they're going for the same position. No, I think oh, they I could definitely play together. On, I, know, I know you know to drop deep, but like you're come forgetting on. Grealish Get also likes to go out left. Yeah, but yeah. Pep doesn't like Aguero, so Pep doesn't like <laughs> Fox in the boxes. He wants complete footballers, so Harry may be transformed yeah. into this hungry penalty free kick winning monster. You know, yeah. I yeah, oh yeah. I don't you... think they're gonna sign Grealish and Kane and then make them play as each other. No. <laughs> Southgate proved that they can play together, didn't he, Jim? Um yeah. do you think though, I know obviously there's all the different sort of uh angles on this and oh he's got to force a move and blah 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 blah. do you think it is a bit piss poor from Kane because I think if if it was other players you know we think of Kane as um you know rightly or wrongly we think of him as being uh you know a good stand-up kind of guy whereas I, I I don't like this behavior I have to say I understand it but I'm a bit sort of old-fashioned perhaps and traditional it was an interesting yeah. piece just before sorry before I finished waffling in the athletic from Oliver Kay where he reminded those who were um, uh, conscious and alive to be reminded of it uh, when Pierre van Hooydonk was at Nottingham Forest and didn't return to training because yeah. he wanted to move. And the the press were unhappy with this and so on. But the players were really unhappy. And when he turned back, when, eventually when he went back to the club, the players were just like, you can piss off. Like they were really, really angry with him. Yeah. And then he used a, a more modern day example. I forget now, it may well have been Paul Pogba, but forgive me if that's wrong. And some of the players were just a bit like, yeah, well, you know, that's that's it was basically well that's the way it is these days kind of thing. They 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 didn't yeah. seem as bothered. Mm. You've really got a kind of angle for a move these days. Sorry, my doorbell's just going off there. Um, you've really <laughs> got a kind of, uh, is this training? He's training here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying every door. He's look. He's just had a bonk on the head. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> he's just 
he's turning up turn up at Aston Villa. He's confused. Yeah, yeah. it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how this all pans out. I do agree that the way that this is being reported on is very different to uh, if it, if it was someone like Paul Pogba. It's it's it, I think it's stark and interesting to see uh, that it's been reported on in, in this way. But you don't know what's been said in in the background. You don't know what's been agreed with mm. with, with Levy. You don't know what the club have sort of basically yeah. said. Gentleman agreement uh, or, or otherwise. So I I do I feel sorry for the player. I feel sorry for um, Spurs. To, it, it, I mean, to be honest, this is the worst preparation possible uh, for their manager <laughs> at the start yeah. of the season. That was kind of part of his remit to, mm. to, to sort of steady the ship a little bit, uh, get rid of the players that we got gotten rid of. Um, you know, get get the, get a little bit of money back into the club so they can spend a bit more. But you you don't know what's been said uh, behind the scenes, what's been promised to uh, Kane, and if he feels like he, he has to do it, he he knows how important it is to stay on the right side of PR, stay on the right side of public opinion uh, and and yet he's still doing this so I I I, I dare say there's been things said uh, behind closed doors that uh, that Kane's really, really not happy with well clearly the whole point is to put pressure on Tottenham isn't it and just make them mm. cave essentially go alright look you know this is you know this situation is becoming untenable we don't want an unhappy player blah 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 it will destabilise the squad and obviously I'm sure it's like probably quite heartbreaking for Kane to, to do that mm. um but again, we know that Levy is such a hard negotiator and such a difficult person to to get your will over on that maybe he he has just decided to go for the nuclear option sooner rather than later, particularly if he's worried that it will be Grealish or him, depending on mm-hmm. on on how City kind of spend their money this summer. So, I mean, what what do you guys think Spurs should do now? Is it a case of dig in or think actually maybe we cut our losses? try and get as big a fee as possible and reinvest it quickly because essentially you're replacing the best player in the league which is that's basically impossible Mm. I think the problem for for Kane now is that he's made this so public there's one thing that a a, a big a chairman at a big club doesn't want to do is look weak and actually if they had have sold Kane say to Man City or whoever they're unlikely that they would want to sell them to another Premier League club. But if if they do that, gets a massive fee and then they reinvest in the side and so on, you can say, well, actually, the chairman's looked at that. He's he's made it actually an all right decision uh, because you've got, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. You can, you can reinvest in the squad. Whereas now, the way Kane has acted, it looks like the chairman's gone, oh, okay, fine, he's got the power and he's given in. Yeah. And actually, I wonder if this is going to be counterproductive for Harry Kane with with, with what he's done. Um, you know, still got three years left on his contract, as we know. He'll be, what, 31, I think, by the time that finishes. I mean, I find it extraordinary he did that interview with it, was it with Gary Neville at the end of last season. He really put the groundwork in Kane. I mean, you don't often see it that much with the player giving interviews and talking so openly how he would like to leave. Mm. Um, so I, I, I am quite um, intrigued how this will go. And also, as you said, uh, Pete, this is worse possible possible kind of preparation. Harry Kane's such a distinctive type of forward as well, that your style of play built around him. We know the England side has been built around him, the Spurs side uh, as well. He is a forward where you need to build the attack around him. Now, you could say that about a lot of forwards, but I think Kane is so good and so distinctive that that is the case. So if... I don't think your kind of second choice striker sort of sort of comes in and goes, okay, that's fine. It changes the whole complexity (laughs) and the dynamic. And poor old Nuno... Think of Nuno in this, everybody. Yeah, uh, you know he's only just come in, and when he arrived, he said, "My promise to you, we're going to make you proud." I don't know how he's going to do that. He's got his work cut out for him, 
But he also said Harry is our player, period. When he comes back, we will have time to speak. Um, well, I, will they? That That is the problem. But you mentioned Jack Grealish earlier. With City's interest, Manchester City's interest now looking like that they're focused on Jack Grealish, I wonder if their interest in Kane has waned uh, somewhat. So um, it's going to be an interesting... Is, is, is this a saga, Jim? Do you think? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> but then it's, it's a saga it's, it's... without another party involved. Is it another club involved, should I say? There was, How do you mean? Well, as in Manchester City... They did go after him a few weeks ago, maybe even a month and a bit ago, but they seem to have kind of cooled off a little bit. Maybe that's because, I don't know, Kane could be being encouraged, I'm not saying by Manchester City, but could be being encouraged to kind of cause a little bit of a, a stir yeah, at the club. But usually, I don't think, uh, I don't think that interest has cooled. Okay. I think, I think they are absolutely trying to get both Kane and Grealish. Yeah. Uh, and they're looking at ways to do that because they, you know, as we mentioned on earlier on in the week, they um, um, or last week, they they have a lot of squad players that you've not necessarily are even that familiar with as Chelsea do, and they they're just selling those players on and just raising the funds, obscure player by obscure player. So <laughs> I think they will manage to to raise the money they need to stay within the rules. Yeah, well, they're they're in the middle of a bit of a shake-up. Um, Spurs, obviously, their di- new director of football, Fabio Paratici, has, has has come in and and they've they've brought a few players in. We talked about Gallini and Brian Hill um, the other day or the other week, and Alderweireld and Lamella uh, have gone, as well as Joe Hart and and, and a few others. Uh, so um, it will be interesting who starts that game against Manchester City at the first day of the season. Especially all eyes <laughs> yeah. on, on, on Harry Kane there. Uh, but there is chat uh, that Spurs might go in for Adama Traore. He's been linked to Chelsea, Barcelona and Leeds United, who have apparently yeah. bid thirty million for the oiled-up beauty. But it would be nice to see, uh, from a Spurs point of view, him and uh, Nuno reunited Petey under the yeah, famous I mean, cock. He, he knows everything he needs to know about uh, that footballer and what he's capable of. And, and that would be, a, I think that would be a, a, a salve to the wound, so to speak, if Kane was was to leave. It's it's players like, like I, I almost think that Kane isn't getting his move and, and, and things aren't, you know, big amounts of money aren't being laid out by Spurs simply because they spent so much money on players like Sanchez. Players, players who was, what was he, 45, 47 million, something like that. Like, he was never worth that amount of money anyway. They, he's he's kind of fallen foul of a lot of, like, managerial turmoil and actually quite poor manage, managerial decisions. Uh, and you just get the feeling that Danny Levy's like, no, I need my money back because I've spent, <laughs> I've spent a lot of money on some absolute stinkers. So that, that's why um, they're, they're not quite as willing to, to to ship players out and spend a load of money on on, on players like uh, Traore. But I'd love to see Traore at uh, uh, Spurs. That would be a, 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 certainly a more, uh, a more mobile uh, football team compared to w- what he's played, um, playing in at the moment, I would say. Yeah, I think his end product is a little underwhelming, though, isn't it? I think his his goals and assists last season weren't um, weren't amazing, from what I remember. I'm sure someone will correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, I you do wonder what Spurs do if they sell Kane. Like, who do you target mm. to get in? Because you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna have an absolute minimum of a hundred million to spend there. You can go out and you know you can go out and do something pretty special. But people know you've got that money. And, mm. well, and also, quite, but in I think market. in a depressed market, though, I think that that still gives Spurs the advantage. True, but it, the season, you know, the window is closing soon. This is a problem with it. 
So I mean, it's shape, shaping up to be a hell of a window if you're into <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, and aren't we all, Jim? If, if, yeah, if, if what you're in, in football for is gossip <laughs> coming to fruition or not. Indeed, yeah. Um, Spurs have been drawn against either uh, Pacos de Ferreira or Lan uh, of Northern Ireland in the playoff round for the Europa Conference League, by the way. so uh, And Kane wants to miss that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's... <laughs> It's, what a big time, Charlie! Eh? I love the fact <laughs> that in the in the um, Europa Conference League, Jose Mourinho and Roma are involved, and you know that they are going to eliminate Tottenham Hotspur. They're going to meet at some point. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. Uh, excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a quick break. He's never complained about the referees and the action, but this action is really incredible. Incredible. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's now time for emails. Yes, it is. Uh, we asked you on Twitter what result you would like to erase from your club's history. Darren Michaels got in touch and said, Liverpool losing 4-3 to Crystal Palace in the Cup semi-final after beating them 9-0 earlier in the season. <laughs> um, yeah, can imagine that. That's, that's a bit annoying. I would have thought the Cristian Ball one that kind of stopped them um, getting the league or that Chelsea um, the, mm. when Gerrard slipped. Um, but fair enough. Uh, Dan, just Dan. Maybe he's a Brazilian footballer. Says simply, Man United losing to MK Dons under LVG. Yeah, can imagine that. And <laughs> an account from um, Chonburi FC. FC Tokyo 9, Chonburi nil. He attached a photo of a newspaper with the headline, Sharks edged out in nine goal thriller. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's the official, because they're, they're tie out there, Chonburi FC. Like, I, like, I would like to think that that's the official account. Like, genuinely yeah, gutted. I hope so. to a football ramble request. <laughs> that's excellent. The, re- the reason why we asked that, of course, was some of you may have seen this, was Preston North End won 5-0 in their final pre-season game uh, on the weekend against an unknown team. Yeah. Now, when we say an unknown team, I don't think it's a team that no one has ever heard of. You know, it's sort of Pete Donaldson United or something. It's it, the, the team didn't want to be named. Uh, it was Denton FC from a touch of frost. <laughs> it takes it's the entire... Weatherfield County from Coronation Street, Marcus. Is it Harchester United? Harchester that is United. The... Yeah. That's the big team, question. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it took the entirety of their match report before noting that the opposition requested not to be named. With this being the reason, there was no live coverage and there are unfortunately no highlights available for this fixture. Ooh. Yes, following further... Is it Man United? <laughs> Is it Burnley under 23? So many rumours circling on Twitter. <laughs> Loving it. Well, following further discussions between both clubs, it was agreed that Press and North End could share details of the result and the scorers without naming the opposition. So we don't know the reasons for this um, <laughs> and we won't speculate, or will we? Uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> they were so embarrassed. 
<laughs> well, so, I mean, it was, it's presumably they had that agreement in before before they sort of started, I presume. It wasn't just like they lost 5-0 and went, don't tell anyone about this, about my secret oh, shame. I, I hope so. I really hope it was that. <laughs> just at the final yeah. whistle, the manager just desperately going, can you not, can you not mention it? We don't know who it is, obviously, but... <laughs> It could be anyone's voice. Uh, please don't tell anyone about this. <laughs> We're not saying it was him. Yeah, no, he's... I, I can't do an ollie. Uh, well, absolutely no cameras at the game, so I thought, well, what's the point in uh, telling everybody it was us that got beaten? Uh, it definitely wasn't them because it was in the north and not the southwest. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I am wicked me, like. <laughs> <laughs> We've just been pumped 5-0. Oh, I hope no one finds out about this. Yeah, well, apparently um, the opposition manager said that result was awful from them and we'll move oh, on. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh dear we move on nice. though to um to, to callum wilson and what he said uh, yeah. this loving was... this marcus wrecking ball callum wilson pete where did this come from oh with the athletic in it <laughs> one yeah. of uh, alan Sh- one of alan shearer's legendary interviews he's getting like bloody david frost this lad he is isn't he it's great yeah. <laughs> for those who don't really know <laughs> callum don't wilson itch. was interviewed and he was quite Frank and honest in um, yeah. in some of the quotes on Stevie Brucey and Graham Jones. He said, I think Graham Jones coming in as a coach in January definitely complimented the manager because he <laughs> because he's a little bit more tactically aware and up to date. <laughs> Whereas the manager has his different strengths and attributes. Up to date, oh. just been relegated with Bournemouth and he goes to Newcastle and he goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> He's more tactically aware and up to date. I lo- what, what do you think Bruce's strengths and attributes are? It's like, oh, he makes a lovely cup of tea, yeah. the gaffer. <laughs> exactly. He really He's supports. Great hugs. Yeah. Great hugs. He, he, he encourages Graham a lot with those tactics. Uh, and then <laughs> while on pre-season in York, Wilson asked Joel Linton if he could have the number nine shirt, apparently. Uh, and uh, apparently Joel Linton said, yeah, thank you for asking. That's the uh, sort of fight and passion that you want, isn't it, <laughs> Pete? <laughs> yeah, like like he could have stolen it if he wanted yeah, to. Right. Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, fine. <laughs> thank you for asking. Normally people just you take you, this You want off the me. shirt off my back? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not a problem at all. Yeah, that's that killer instinct he's shown in front of goal all season, isn't yeah. it, really? Good Lord. Will there be I, another I like, shirt I, for me? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm asking too many questions. Don't worry about it. I'll just take whatever. <laughs> I like, I do, I would very much like, one thing like um, producer Charlie, uh, a Newcastle fan in his mid-twenties, I think he might be ill, um, he, he said that I cannot believe that Newcastle allowed that interview to go out and he said, oh wait, I can definitely believe it. I mean, this is, yeah. this would have been a, a, a club-sanctioned interview with Alan Shearer and yeah, uh, yeah just, I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying this season being the pitched battle between, uh, you know, the number nine of Newcastle against mm. Steve Bruce. And we know from Rude Hullet and Alan Shearer, yeah. uh, th- th- there's only one winner in that. So, uh-huh. yeah, bring it on. Who Wilson is the number nine now? Bruce. It is Callum Wilson, is it? That's yeah, it's the... Wilson, yeah. Yeah, okay, it's fine. Wilson, he <laughs> said he, he bases everything on goals. You can have shockers sometimes, but if I, if I score, I couldn't care less. I live, sleep and eat goals. You expect that kind of thing from... Uh, from a player, but now though, if they're losing, say five nil against you know Preston North End or something, <laughs> and then he gets a last minute consolation in the cup, and he goes away, you think to yourself, "Well, Callum's had a good day." That's him. Sorted. As long as Callum's yeah. had a good... look, if Callum has a good day, Newcastle invariably have a good day. So yeah, I, I, I love that. I'll yeah. Does he that mean anytime. live, eat, and breathe? Because yeah, 
I mean, none of it is all quite abstract, but sleeping goals. Yeah, dreaming. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Dreaming of goals, right? I Must understand. be dreaming of goals. <laughs> he's, he's got his. He's got his eye on twenty goals this season. I think. I think most. Uh, kind of, you know, decent strikers would have that. He got twelve last yeah. year. The problem for Callum Wilson, though, is that um, despite you know he had a decent season and he's obviously pretty uh, proficient in front of goal, he is playing for Steve Bruce. <laughs> yeah, although if they get Joe Willock back in, he'll obviously score thirty-eight goals. Callum Wilson will right. be whacking them against the post and then uh, yeah, Willock will just be arriving on the corner of the of, of the eight yard box and finishing them off. Yeah. Easy, easy yeah. peasy. Easy. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to uh, take us down to the gossip mill, if you will. <gasps> um, here's, here's a few uh, stories for you. The Hammers, that's West Ham, uh, said they believe there's only a 10% chance now of signing Jesse Lingard. I love how, how have they worked <clears throat> that out? <laughs> the percentages also, there. Also, I'm delighted for Jesse Lingard that he looks like he's going to actually get a chance at Man United. I thought, however well he did at West Ham, that was that, you know. Mm. Avenue was probably closed, but you know he, he was so good that he's earned it, and I hope I hope it goes well for him. Yeah, Ole Gunnar has said that uh, Lingard is in his plans this season, and his contract runs out next summer. I I can't see <laughs> Lingard <laughs> yeah. playing that much for Man United this season. Like I'd, I'd love to see him there, and obviously what he did at West Ham at the, in the second half of uh, last season was amazing. But just let him go. Are they going to extract <laughs> absolutely no value from him there? If, yeah, yeah exactly. if, unless it's a season where he comes in and like sort of plays as in yeah. the first team. You're absolutely right. He's going to want to move. move. Well, I, I, move. yeah. I, I, he, he, I mean, okay. So Solskjaer has Solskjaer has said that he's in his plans. So we'll right. take that on face value. Well, but I suppose at the same time, I'm not taking that on face value. I'm just saying that. How much do you think he's the actually best led going... plans of a mouse? <laughs> <laughs> Little <Yeah>. mousy. <laughs> I know. Well, look, there's ten percent chance that he could still go to West Ham. So let's um, let's cling on to that. Yeah. Uh, if nothing else, yeah. um, elsewhere, uh, Inter have told Chelsea to sod off after they've um, offered eighty-five million pounds plus Marcos Alonso for Romelu Lukaku. In those kind of deals, I always immediately want the reaction of the Marcos Alonso in that deal. Yeah. How do you <laughs> feel? Is if it, it, they've offered eighty five million pounds for for him, and you, okay? Yeah. Where where do you sit in that? Where, are you close <laughs> at the eighty five? Are you yeah. closer to the zero? Do you bump up to hundred? that up by yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Why didn't they just offer ninety? What, what's this all about, Alonso? <laughs> they they sort of. It's quite rare that those deals actually happen, though, isn't it? Yeah, like you mm. see them reported all the time, but I wonder if because of the the strange nature of this transfer window, especially as it gets towards the end of it, that we'll see a few more of them. They do happen, though. Uh, they do with, happen, with the yeah, but they, they are they are reported like basically constantly. Yeah, but the amount of them actually go through is quite uh-huh. low. Apparently, Lukaku, fair play to him, he said that he's just really happy at Inter. He he massively rediscovered his form. He's now one of the most coveted forwards in the world. He won um, Serie A, of course. You know, he scored a lot of goals for Belgium um, at the Euros. And uh, yet you still think that Inter would possibly consider selling him because it's Inter. Well, <laughs> the, well they've got their huge debt to service, haven't they? So. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's all about those uh, those Euros, Peter. Um, and I'm talking mm. about the money, not the tournament. But um, I think that for, from Lukaku's point of view, he's just thinking, I'm at a massive club. 
we, we, we've won a trophy. We're in the Champions League. I'm having a good time. I feel rejuvenated. Why would I then yeah. go back to that club again? Although he did, I think he said yeah. if he wanted to go back to the Premier League, it might be just a Chelsea. So maybe there was a link. Yeah, there. I mean, I he know. does he does love Chelsea. There's a video of him being shown around Stamford Bridge when he was younger, where you can see like his, his eyes like just widen and he can't believe he's finally, you know, mm-hmm. at, you know, in the place he's dreamed of so I think he would genuinely love to go back there I think there is a possibility though that with with Inter having to to raise I think it's 80 million euros isn't it is the figure that's bandied around a lot from sales Mm. effectively they might sell some of his is better teammates so if you're seeing the if you're seeing that team kind of disintegrate around Mm. you maybe you think well actually maybe it's probably better for me to go because we're not going to challenge now yeah true enough and losing Conte of course is is a bit of a blow, but apparently he's you know he's loving life at Inter. Fair enough, they are the champions of Italy. Go and defend that title. He bloody well will. Um, uh, well, one of uh, uh, Lukaku's former clubs, Everton, um, I've got Rafa Benitez, of course, in charge now. And according to James Rodriguez and his Twitch stream, it seems unlikely that he will be an Everton player for much longer. Apparently, he isn't in Rafa's plans this season, and he says he wants to go and play for a team where he is wanted. For a, a man of one, his this. quality and CV and his sort of general standing in the game, it's not really what it should be, Peter. No. You know, he was he was <laughs> top scorer at the World Cup. I know that was seven years ago now, but he's played for Real Madrid. I mean, that's a long time, isn't it? It is I a mean, long time. It's it's. I think I think Rafa has a reputation for being quite a. You know, obviously a very defensive and kind of cautious manager, but like you do need a mix of industrious, interesting, uh, exciting players. But the problem is he just can't stay fit, and he's on yeah. two hundred grand a week, and 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 Everton need money in, not because they don't have it, but they've just got to work within these sustainability rules. So it, they're in a situation where do you want to play sitting on the bench or sitting on the treatment table for for, for a third to a half of the season and, and not being able to draw draw on his uh, considerable skills? It, it's difficult. But I, if I was Rafa, I probably would be looking to shift him on, to be honest. Yeah, you'll always defend Rafa. Like, you're, like defend the, Rafa. you're like I'll the, always defend Rafa, mate. The antidote to Richard Keyes. He will always have a go at Rafa. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm happy. Look, I'm happy to be on that side of whereas, history, mate. Don't whereas worry with it. every other issue, you're obviously both united and agree with each other. But <laughs> yeah. with Hamas Rodriguez, though, as I say, you know, he's 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 got quality. We, we know this. It wasn't that long ago he was in the latter stages of the Champions League with Bayern. And yet he seems to be a guy who is now sort of in danger of not really sort of settling. He's he just turned 30, so he's still sort of fairly young. Yeah. There's there's interest uh, from AC Milan, which I think would be a, a decent move. But again, you could see him sort of fizzling out over there a little bit. He's almost like someone who makes a lot of guest appearances on other artists' records <laughs> yes. rather than really kind of ever establishing his own f- kind of... Solo career. Is he a That's bit how like, it feels, isn't is it? Is he a bit flow ridery? Do you think? <laughs> he is a little bit. <laughs> to be fair, speaking of flow rider, it, it can't be long until he pops over to be with Fizzer, old Hamas Rodriguez. He's got oh, into Miami written link. all oh, over him, hasn't he? Speaking of flow rider, <laughs> round of applause. Crowbarring round of applause, Spelzy. <laughs> Crowbarring Fizzer in in any way possible, it's impressive. Oh. You are desperate to make him the, the, a, a new f- figure of uh, I don't know what Enjoyment, I don't know, Jim. Part Enjoyment. of your pantheon, part of your yeah. you know, part of your Sven Keggy Cabal Cabal. Yeah, le- well, uh, he got a win on the weekend. He well, got a he win back on top, baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Only Fifty more cup finals to go. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so. D- 
Yeah, they won a cup final. They won one of his cup finals. I think since he said they had 23 cup finals, oh, now hang on, I might be... They, so they, they won their last game. They drew before that. And maybe, maybe they lost the first of the cup finals. I can't quite remember yeah. when he said the quote and when and, and when the results kind of kick in. Mm. But, so but, drawing a cup final is okay when you've got like another 20 to come, right? That's <laughs> absolutely right, Jim. You've got to start yeah. somewhere. Well, they, look, they're two games unbeaten. Uh, the herons, uh, and it was and it was two goals from Gonzalo Higuain, and I did think to myself, yeah, yeah, yeah you want to action him a bit more, Fizzer. Yeah, uh, you've got a, yeah. a striker of genuine quality. But he said after that draw against Philadelphia Union last week that he saw hurt in the players' eyes, and he believed they were turning a corner. Well, Pete Donaldson, I put it to you: a win against Montreal two-one is evidence <laughs> of a corner being turned. It's, I mean, it's one result, Marcus. I mean, I don't know a huge amount about this, but I mean, I happen to think it's probably just that a couple of players figured out that um, spaghetti was getting handed out. So they probably wanted to get a slice of that, to be quite <laughs> Were frank. they trying to sign players? The spaghetti. Trying to side Wick to Victor Wanyama, were they? Is that what it was? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Phil Neville's last, just to put it into context, Phil Neville's last win before this was a 3-2 win over Yapstam Cincinnati in May. And bearing in mind the season, that's not the end of the season. In uh, yeah, <laughs> that's terrible, isn't it? I think yeah. you know there is a. I think there's a sense that MLS is just a lot better than people think it is when they come over for a bit of a swan song. It's just a lot harder than they expect it to be. I thought you were going to say there's people don't realise that MLS is better than Phil Neville, um, <laughs> which proven which to be, that. isn't it? Well, yeah. not at the moment, Jim. They just won, didn't they? Yeah, you're you right. Know? Well, you're only Fine. as good as your last result, as they say. You're right. That's that's what the league league table. It's the league table doesn't exist. It's just form. It's just if you've won your last match, you, you're fine. Absolutely do you think? Fine. Do you think when when he said that comment about the cup finals, it is normally a manager who's afraid of relegation. Do you think someone whispered in his ear, said, "Phil, do you know they've not got any relegation here?" He's like, "You're joking." I can't. He can't believe his luck. <laughs> what yeah. a boon! Boys, we're staying up. <laughs> pouring, pouring a big water bottle over his Garrett. own head. Yeah, last Garrett, game of the season. I know you up, didn't have a good up. time in Europe. I've kept us up. <laughs> last game of the season. He runs on the pitch doing a little David Fleet jig. He's absolutely loving it. Like, no, Phil. It, it... Anyway, let him have his moment. Let him have his moment. Um, staying in uh, uh, the United States, if we may, uh, they won the uh, the Gold Cup. The Concacaf Gold mm. Cup beating Mexico 1-0 in Las Vegas, baby. I wouldn't fancy playing football in Las Vegas um, in the no, summer. Not in this heat. But then I don't know what ha- is happening with the weather world worldwide, Mr. Worldwide, <laughs> uh, because it's just so variable at the moment. Yeah. There's like just uh, monsoons turning in left, right and centre oh, across goodness, America. Yeah. It's incredible. But sea it was, was on it was fire a really... while ago. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a good prep for Qatar this, though. It was a really, really fun Spicy match to be quite rank. Like their, their uh, keeper Matt Turner was amazing. He had a great what a, tournament. What a story that guy. He's had a fantastic tournament, yeah. and uh, I'm glad that he uh, he, he one handed save from a free kick was uh, a notable highlight for me. It was a really fun, fun, fun highlight. Anyway. Yeah, no, T- Turner's had he's had a fine tawny, if you yes. will, because he stepped in for regular number one Zach Steffen. Because this is the, the US. The, I think if I'm right in saying they 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 often have uh, quite a youthful and domestic-based side mm. for the mm. Gold Cup because it it comes at a sort of a funny time of the year for some of their bigger stars who will be generally playing for European sides will be gearing up for the new season and, and so on and so forth. Although Mexico, by the looks of it, were pretty near to full strength, if not at full strength. So, so it was a mm. great win 
for the US. It really is. Um, so you know, well done. It, it was it was so good, Jim, that Alexi Lalas apparently got a bit teary eyed on TV. They were so made up that they Aww. that they won. Aww. That's nice, that? isn't it? Tears yeah. into the beard. He doesn't have a beard anymore, does he? No. Well, it's one of those ones where you just sort of edit it onto his face, though, don't you? You see a picture <laughs> of him and your brain won't have it, so you just imagine one on there. Yeah, does Stanley have a moustache? Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's one of those ones. It's one of those ones. So, yes, uh, well done to, to the UN, the US men's national team. Uh, the women... You said the UN, then. I did nearly say the UN, because <laughs> the, they represent the UN us all. Should do, they should put a team out. Imagine <laughs> yeah. the UN had a team in the World Cup. Who's managing them? Goose Hiddink? Um, Sven. Yeah. Sven. Surely Spain. Yeah, Kofi Annan. Kofi Annan. All right, okay. Get Kofi in there. Um, yeah, well, back at the Olympics, uh, the US women's national team, they, they, they went out to Canada. The first time Canada Ooh. have beaten them in 36 matches, the first time they'd ever beaten them in a competitive game, they enjoyed it. it. They really they enjoyed did. that. <laughs> so they should. It was a, it was a week because they lost their keeper uh, mm. a rather important time and, and a keeper who serves penalties at that. And the penalty decision was... It was, I understand, yes, it should have been given, but it was just the weirdest tackle. It, re- it really was very strange indeed. But I thought, um, I, I watched quite a lot of that match and like they just doubled up on Morgan and they didn't use the fact that they'd kind of lost a defender effectively because they were doubling up on one player. Yeah. Uh, the US team just didn't, didn't seem interested on kind of making that kind of, um, the numbers count a little bit. And mm. yeah, it was it, it, a bit of a shame because the US just would not, they just they just didn't turn up and and, and the Canadians um it, it was almost sad that it was decided on a penalty rather than uh, open play because the Canadians were, were were pretty good for it to be honest yeah I don't think Canada will mind but I take the point you're saying though yeah it's the second Olympic Games in a row that the US uh, women's national team have not made the final after making five successive finals from 96 to 2012. So a little bit of a, a, a dip in form, but they'll be back, Jim. Don't you worry about that. They've got quality. I'm not. And <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jim, get, at least let it breathe for a moment. Uh, <laughs> Canada will play uh, Sweden, of course, uh, in the final. Uh, right. Anyway, let's end the show. Um, before I do, Champions League fixtures this evening. Come on, the Champions League. Come on, the Champions oh, League sorry. fixtures. <laughs> you remember when your teams were in the Champions League? Be happy that others are in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you Rangers away to Malmo. We've got Olympiacos, Monaco, PSV, Shakhtar and Red Star all in action. That all says to me, Jim, we are slowly but surely getting closer to the start of the domestic season. We are. When we the are. teams start getting bigger in these preliminary rounds and so on, you think, oh, yeah. we're not far so- away. It's like the start of a James Bond film where you can see him through the barrel of the gun. <laughs> it's a coming. After Is that grass, Monaco? After Is that the, Monaco? Is that PSV? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on. It's widening. There's Galatasaray. There we go. There's Real Madrid. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> the champions! As the, as the blood goes down the screen. Uh, in every... The champions! Somebody do that. That's beautiful. There we are. Right, any more for any more? I'm just glad that we mentioned Malmo without you mentioning Sven. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, he lives not far from there. You're absolutely right. Ow. On tomorrow's mm, show, that one. Kate, Jim and Luke Moore. How about that? Excellent stuff. We look forward to that, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Well done, Fizzer. See you soon.
The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.